This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Here is Libby Snymer. Good afternoon and welcome to this free-for-all Friday. And of course, this is the day that we talk about what you want to talk about. Last week, everyone wanted to talk about the Queen and the ceremonies for the Queen are still front and center. There's still almost blanket coverage. We are still seeing huge crowds in London wanting to say farewell to the Queen ahead of her funeral. The lineup so big that they were actually paused for six hours in London because they are full. So our Are you still interested in those ceremonies or have you moved on? And of course, the funeral is coming up on Monday and I'm sure a lot of people will be glued to that. I'll be doing some special coverage, a special recap on our sister station, Vision TV. Uh, If uh, you want to skip the live part at six in the morning, we'll have that for you in the afternoon. So, uh, what are the other things? Now, big, big story this week is that we got the details of Bill 7, and that is the bill that would allow hospitals to dispatch patients that are deemed ALC, alternate level of care, who are waiting for a nursing home and to send them to nursing homes not of their choosing. So there's a carrot and a stick. They kept saying nobody would be forced, but if you refuse, then you can, you will be charged. It's a set rate now, $400 a day. And to give you some perspective, ALC patients always had to pay because if they were in nursing homes, they'd have to pay. But we were talking to the CEO of Windsor Regional Hospital. And before the pandemic, when those fees were waived, people paid $62.18 a day. Uh, that's considerably less than 400 bucks. And in terms of the distance, and let alone the quality of the nursing home you're being sent to. In terms of the distance, you can be sent 70 kilometers away here in Toronto and 150 kilometers away in the north. And that, of course, will make it extremely difficult for loved ones who might be family caregivers whose care is integral when a family member is in a nursing home that could make it very difficult for them to get there, certainly on a daily basis or some kind of regular basis. Uh, On the other hand, hospital administrators say something has got to give, something has to be done. 
Our hospitals are at the breaking point. We keep hearing about emergency rooms shutting down and surgeries being canceled. And I know a lot of them are called elective, but, uh, you know, to a large extent, that's a misnomer. If you are waiting and have been waiting a very long time for your surgery and you've cleared the time, and then if at the last minute it's canceled, I can't even imagine that having had uh, quite a number of surgeries in my time. Sounds terrible. Anyway, the numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We also saw a bunch of measures at the beginning of the week unveiled by the Trudeau government, which supposedly will fight inflation. There's a doubling of the GST credit for low-income people. A family with two kids could see an extra 467 bucks a year, and uh, the average senior would get about an extra 225 bucks. Is that going to help you fight inflation? Some people think it might fuel inflation. And the other thing in there is a one-time rent subsidy for renters, low-income renters, of 500 bucks. And when I was talking to my municipal panel yesterday, and uh, they are all housing advocates, well, uh, the question is, in a place like Toronto, that is a drop in the bucket. Is that going to do much of any good for anybody? Probably not. It's a drop in the bucket. And I'm not saying that government has to give us everything. But again, uh, would they have been better off holding on to that money because that money might fuel inflation? Uh, the numbers, 416 360 toll free 1-866-740-4740. And we begin with Earl in Oakville. Hi, Earl. It's about inflation. I was watching this program, and they had economists on, and they said that the government makes more money through high inflation through taxation. The more money we pay, the more money the government gets. Well, that's so true. you have to wonder about these things they're doing to bring it down. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but inflationary money, there's, you know, there's less that we can do with our money and there's less that they can do with our money. But yeah. we've already seen uh, that, say, in the province, finances were better because of an increase in revenue. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Also, I'd like to wish my brother, Cordy, a happy birthday, my brother-in-law, Harry, a happy birthday. And, and thank you for letting me on the radio. Okay, Earl. Thanks for that. Uh, bye-bye. Happy birthday to the brothers-in-law. Okay. Where are we going next? Raymond in Etobicoke. You want to talk about Queen Elizabeth? Yes. I'm reminded of a broadcast, uh, I'm thinking 20 years ago on her 50th anniversary. It was a special, uh, very personal. Uh, there was no royal entourage. I think it was Walter Cronkite. And one, there was two scenes that I recall. One, she's on the, um, on her estate and she's driving a Land Rover and she's going, it's just, you know, over hill and dale. I'm thinking nothing of it. There's there's just the interviewer and her and I guess the cameraman. And uh, she had a kerchief on and jacket, you know, just looking like anybody else. Later in the broadcast, she went into a small village 
in a, a small older car, not a limousine, no chauffeur, I don't believe. And she goes into a little bake shop where she was known and to get her favorite muffins or whatever it was. She would not allow the owner to stop serving the customer she was serving. She waited till that was finished. There were two other ladies ahead of her, but she went ahead of them. And she's just talking with them like you anybody would talk in uh, in, in the neighborhood. And that uh, it it was a whole different side of the queen. If you, if there's any way you could track down that actual broadcast, there might be something. Well, you know what? We had a broadcast. Our sister station, Vision TV, uh, had a broadcast, uh, which was right after uh, the show that Marissa Lennox and I hosted, the episode of The Zoomer on the Queen. Uh, and it was the Unseen Queen, and it was full of archival uh, family movies of the Queen along with, uh, the, the, there was no commentary. It was the Queen's own, I don't know if they were interviews or speeches, but it was all just the only sound on it was the voice of the Queen. And, uh, I suspect that'll be rerun sometimes because it was really fascinating. And, yeah. uh, it was definitely a different look. Thanks for your call. Let us go to Murray in Malton. Hi, Murray. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Oh, not bad. Listen, once these uh, vaccination clinics are done with the uh, COVID and everything, will we still have a nursing shortage? Uh, I would assume so. Um, those are public health nurses. Uh, yeah, I would assume so. They, yeah. I, I don't think that they, most of them, and it depends on the kind of pop-up it is, you know, they don't work in hospitals and we need them. And uh, speaking of that, as of September 26th, the new bivalent vaccines are available, people, if you need your booster now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for that one to come around. Anything else, Murray? No, that's fine. Thank you. Okay. Once again, the numbers to call 416 360 740, toll free 1 866 740 740. We're talking about the Queen. We're talking about inflation, and our next caller wants to talk about the long-term care transfer situation. That is extremely upsetting to a lot of people, and I can just imagine if you have a loved one that stands to be transferred, and then on the other hand, there's the question, something has to be done. My other question is, you know, not all so-called ALC alternate level of care patients are waiting for a nursing home. This only affects those who are. And why, when we have a problem, do we seem to be solving it or putting it on the backs of our elders? That is my question, because it is our elders that got the largest hit during covid being in those nursing homes, which, by the way, have staff shortages that are probably worse than the staff shortages in the hospital. So that's my question. I, I mean, there's something profoundly wrong about that approach. It is always 
vulnerable elders who seem to pay the price. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And let us go to Ruby in Burlington. Hi, Ruby. Hi, Hi Libby. I'm a first-time caller. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, this happened to my mother a few years ago. Uh, the Burlington Hospital said she needed long-term, so they offered to move her uh, because they couldn't leave her in the hospital. And I said, well, can I go see where you're moving her? So they let me see it. I was amazed. I was lucky because they were moving her into an assisted living facility which was very posh, very beautiful. And they had one nurse that looked after only the transfers. So she was treated wonderful. She had a little studio apartment. Well, she didn't want to leave there. Oh, well, yeah. And she was there for 10 months before they found where I wanted her to go. And there was quite a few other people there. But if she waited 10 months, and these people are going to be moved today uh, to places 70 miles away, they're going to be waiting for almost a year before they'll get into their chosen place. It's terrible. Well, uh, how many years ago was this? Uh, About two and a half years ago. Okay, well, that's not that long ago, but I suspect that the waiting lists are even worse now. There are, what, 35,000 people or so on waiting lists for nursing homes. And one of the things that some of the advocates are saying, they're saying, okay, which long-term care homes have room? And uh, probably long-term care homes that have had a terrible record during COVID, probably long-term care homes where you have three and four people sharing a room, probably ones that are short-staffed. Exactly. And, yeah. And, and the other thing is that long-term care homes, I mean, long-term care is subsidized by the province, whether it's yes. for profit or not for profit, but it is subsidized according to the number of working of open beds they have. So if they're not full now, they're not being paid for those beds that are not full. And people who are a little more conspiratorially minded say this was a plan hatched to fill them up so they'd get their full subsidy. So, Well, I've uh, got a question. Sure. If we have that many people waiting for long term, how are they going to move these people from hospitals into long term if they've got no beds? They're going to have to just shove them all in together. It's going to be horrible. Well, there are long-term care homes with vacancies, but they are not the ones that people put as the ones they want to go to. That's the thing. That is the thing. Uh, Ruby, thank you very much for your call. Well, thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye now. Okay, uh, we're headed into a break, and here's something that we haven't had much of a chance to talk about that I'd like to bring up. So did you hear about the York Region District School Board? It issued a memo to school administrators asking them to limit conversations around the death of the Queen because 
some students, students who are either dealing with a recent loss or students whose families came from countries that used to be in the air, uh, empire, uh, could be, quote, triggered by the discussion. I, I find that, I mean, I, I, it boggles the mind, frank, frankly. And uh, after that happened, the education minister, Stephen Lecce, uh, kind of uh, read them the riot act and said that the school board will adhere to a directive to observe a moment of silence and pay tribute to the passing of the queen, even though the school board said that was a bad idea because it could trigger people. So what do you think of that? And, you know, school boards, uh, there's staff, of course, but uh, they're elected. I mean, what do you think of that coming from a school board? I, I, I mean, again, um, my opinion is it just, it, it boggles the mind, but I would like to know what you think of it. The numbers to call before we go to break, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. We're talking about the Queen, the school board, everything like that. We're also talking about inflation. And of course, we are talking about the details that came out around the new law that will allow patients waiting in hospital to be transferred to a nursing home not of their choosing. We'll be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this free-for-all Friday. As always, there is a lot to talk about. We are talking about the ceremonies and the upcoming funeral for the Queen, the huge lineups in London. Also talking about this incident, or almost incident, at the York Region School Board, where the school board put out a memo saying, uh, don't honor the Queen minimize talking about the Queen because it can trigger some people. And that prompted a response from the education minister, Stephen Lecce, saying, no, you will honor the Queen with a moment of silence. It is a designated day of mourning, and uh, you will honor her passing. And yeah, uh, I guess they are going to comply. But I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I look at that and I just kind of shake my head. We are also talking about long-term care. And we have a couple of first-time callers who want to weigh in on this, beginning with Christina in Whitby. Welcome, Christina. Christina? Thank you very much, uh- I am a first-time caller, as you said, and um, I just wanted to relate my experience uh, with regarding my mother, who um, <clears throat> was 92 when she went into the hospital. She'd had a fall, and, and she'd had, um, I think, some minor seizures, 
And um, she was in for maybe five days, and she was suffering from delirium. Uh, she wasn't able to get out of bed for the washroom without assistance, and they told us that she had to go home. And we said, well, she lives alone in her home, and um, finally community care got involved, and they gave us a list, and this was all last minute. I mean, there wasn't an option that she could stay in hospital. It was We were told she would have to leave. Um, and they gave us, uh, community care gave us a list of um, nursing homes and private and we were very fortunate, our experience. Um, we found a private retirement home with a maximum of six residents in Whitby. And it had just opened not too long before. And the care was exceptional. Um, it was, became a family environment of these. Uh, there was a live-in PSW. There was um, a nurse that ran the business. And um, that little group became their own little family. And fortunately, I have siblings. We were close enough that we could go and visit on a regular basis. Was it affordable, was those places? Sorry. Those places are usually extremely expensive retirement homes. Yes, right. I was going to say mom was very fortunate in that she, she was a General Motors retiree and she had a good pension. Ah. And it was enough. We paid $2,500 a month. Oh, that's not that bad, included, actually. It wasn't too bad, and that included everything. And everything went really well until COVID hit, of course. And then um, they had a lockdown for a period of time, and she did deteriorate during that time. And, um, you know, I, I at some point they called me and said, get tested, you can come and see her, she's going downhill. And so I did, about six months later, she did pass away. Sorry to um, hear that. That was less than two years ago. But the solution was, it was such a nice environment of a home. It was in a private home. And yeah. um, it's too bad that, you know, there isn't more subsidy. There was no subsidy. She was on a waiting list for long-term care. There were When she went in and two and a half years later, there were still 200 people ahead of her in our area. She never would have lived long enough to get into one that we chose in our area. Well, you know what? Uh, subsidy. There aren't sus subsidies for retirement homes. There's a, a completely different designation. And this one sounds like what all the experts say is the direction it has to go in uh, yes. to keep people at home or in a home-like environment. And right now, you know, I, I dare say if people could even find something like that for $2,500 a month, uh, probably, which is a lot of money. It, it, yes, it is. But you know, it was such a nice environment for her because they ate their meals together. They could sit and watch television. They each had their own room, private bedroom. And, um, it, it, the care was very good. We were very pleased with it. And hopefully when we get to that stage, myself, my husband, there'll be something like that for us. Well, yeah, hopefully. <clears throat> Excuse me, Christina, thanks for your call. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We have Bye. uh, another first-time caller, Catherine in Mississauga. Welcome, Catherine. Hello. Thank you, Libby. Okay, I have two Okay, I have two short comments. Just to say forever, I've been disgusted with the nursing homes, specifically in Ontario, 
and I, I don't like the sort of offshoot comments that Ford gave us when he's going to open new nursing homes when we really need also care at home. And yeah. I think the seniors are just being tossed aside. So I could go on forever about that, but I'll stop there. I wanted to comment quickly on the York School Board. Go ahead. I've never heard anything so crazy. And if if York School Board are so being so sensitive for their children, that's great. Should they not advertise or let put on the news anything about the police shooting? Because that might trigger something too. Hmm. I think there has to be a bit of a balance. Yeah. Um, yeah. These days, uh, almost anything can be triggering for some people. Catherine, thank you very much for your call. You're welcome. Okay. The numbers again, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And uh, Brian and Brampton, you want to talk about the school board? Yes, please. Uh, Hi, Libby. Good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, the uh, I don't know if I'm dating myself. Back when back in '68, they took away the Lord's Prayer from the high schools, and they took away God Save the Queen. Uh, but the teachers still taught, the people still got along, and the school board's a bunch of bullhards, as we know, cronies, crony system. So the teachers will teach, and things will go well. We hope for the students if they can discern what these people are doing. Mm-hmm. That's all. I, I just you can't. Tell teachers how to teach or students how to learn. They have to learn on their own. Right, but you can mandate what they learn. Oh, and exactly. uh, in yeah, this case, they were saying... A, uh, when I was in high school, there was always a provincial-wide grade 13 test to get to university. They stopped that when I got to the university, right? Well, they don't That's have right. grade There's 13. Wrong, but we have the greatest educational system in the world in Ontario. Why are they messing it up? <laughs> Good question. Good question. Thanks for your call, Brian. Thank you. Have a great day. You Bye. too. Bye-bye. Okay. Simone in Parkdale, you also want to talk about the school board. Oh, hi, Libby. Yes. Um, it's mainly an anti-English, anti-history thing that's going on now, critical race theory, everything. And uh, I think that a lot of people, they use the excuse, you know, um, multiculturalism or, or immigrants. A lot of immigrants' relatives are there in England living there in England. And look at the islands where they're uh, getting rid of the monarchy. How many people from the islands are living in England? And so if they look at the Union Jack, are they getting cancer or something? Um, you know, so it, 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 it uh, you know, gives a lie to all this uh, feeling of, oh, well, they're going to be uh, so upset and all this type of stuff. Because a lot of people are living in England who come from various countries. Well, yeah. And if you look at India, for instance, people were uh, also lining, paying tribute to the Queen. Now they want their diamond back. And I can't say that I blame them. I know, I've heard that decades ago, yeah. Yeah, so this is the Kohinoor diamond. It's one of the legendary diamonds of the world, 105 carats. It was even bigger at the beginning. It was most likely discovered in South India back in the 13th century, and it's been war booty, uh, and it kind of represents colonialism for a lot of people. But anyway, it now is in a crown that was made for the queen's mother. And a lot of people in India say, uh, we want our diamond back. But uh, a lot of them still uh, have a lot of affection and respect for the queen. Oh, of course. Yeah. 
and a lot of people are there, that, uh, people from different countries, and they love the Queen. You know, they're, they're citizens now, and and so there's a lot of um, superficiality attached to this, and that's what's going on now. Okay, Simone. Thank you. Thank you for that. Okay, Brian and Mimico. Hi, Brian. Hi. Uh, this thing with the school board, once again, one more example, political correctness just running amok. It's taking things over in this world, and it's not making for a better world. Nobody's as happy as they used to be. It's just, you know, you're confronted by something that every, oh, we must apologize for this. Oh, we must apologize for that. With no regard for, well, that was then, this is now. And now, all oh, it's going to upset these people because they came from a war-torn place or whatever, or colonialism. It's, you know, it's just ridiculous. And the thing with senior citizens, I'm 75. I'll tell you, I don't want to end up in an old folks' home. I would like the choice just, okay, I'm done. I had a good life. I want to check out. I'm out of here. Because basically, we can't afford to have a quarter of the population looking after another quarter of the population that's, you know, basically bedridden or uh, just not. We we keep them alive because we can, not because it's a good idea. What kind of lifestyle do they have? Well, you know, we that's really that's kind that of you choice. know not for us to judge, frankly. And and there are a lot of people who say, if this or that or the other thing happens, I want to check out. And some of those people, like get the even get themselves approved for medically assisted dying, and then when they get there, uh, they change their mind. So I, I think it is, uh, it's one thing to say when, when you're healthy and everything, I, uh, you know, if X, Y, or Z happens, I'm out of here. But, um, you know, it's very hard to judge that in advance, even for your own self. Well, nonetheless, we should get something going in along that. Get the discussion going. Stop avoiding it. Because this the way it's going, it can't go on. It's just, not sustainable. Okay, Brian. So please recognize that. Uh, I think it is being recognized in a lot of quarters that uh, we can't keep going the way we are going uh, in terms of how we deal with an aging population. Brian, thanks for your call. Okay, let us see what we have here. First of all, let me give the numbers out again, and they are 416-360-0740. Toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. We're talking about all kinds of things. We're talking about that school board in York Region that had originally sent a directive telling teachers, not to talk about the queen, not to honor the queen because it could be triggering. And that prompted a very swift response from the education minister who says, you will observe a moment of silence and you will honor the queen. And I guess that is what's going to happen, probably uh, in a somewhat perfunctory way, but that is what is going to happen there now. But what do you think coming out with that? I mean, she still was our head of state 
Of course, our current head of state then is Charles. What do you think of that? We have any comments on King Charles? I don't know. Did you see? He kind of um, had a bit of a fit when a pen leaked on him. Uh, Camilla had to. Then there was something where there were some papers getting mussed up. And and he also had a little bit of a, a slight meltdown. I'm, I'm sure he's tired and under some stress at the moment, but still. I mean, I guess you got to remember, this is a guy who's never had to do anything um, in terms of any kind of maintenance in his life. We have He has people who iron his shoelaces. So I don't know, do you cut him slack for that or do you shake your head? Okay, let us go to Bridget on the North Shore of Lake Erie. Hello, Bridget. Hello, thank you very much for taking my call. And as for your last comment, um, I need to put a piece of tape over my mouth because I'm a royalist. Okay. Um, I think that the that the Queen has has earned in her life um, any on any respect that she can get at the present time, and I think you'll find that that uh, King Charles will will probably surprise everybody. He was the Duke of Cornwall for many years, um, lots of fantastic income. Um, but he was always a man of people. He used to walk along beaches where, uh, close to where I lived and would always, you know, say good morning or good afternoon or stop and have a chat. Um, anyway, there's, you know, there are two sides to that, to that. The, you know, if you look at Windsor Castle, um, they, the, the royalty didn't get there by being nice people, right? Right. 14 centuries ago. Anyway. I'm going to leave that. I want to talk about long-term care. Go ahead. I think that old people are worse off than prisoners at the moment. Um, if you're a prisoner, you go through your case or whatever, and you get sent to a prison, and presumably it could be anywhere in Ontario if you've committed crime in Ontario. However, uh, long-term care um, is abysmal. It has been for years. And the hospital system is going in that direction. I only say that because I worked for home care, which became the Community Care Access Centre from 1984 to 2009. This business of chucking people out of hospital um, has been tried many times before, but it's never been put into law. And we were the recipients of the people who were chucked out of hospital in those days because there were nursing services, there were personal support workers, uh, and therapists. Um, also, in 2008, um, we uh, d- did a program which was called Seniors in Motion, and this was for people who were trapped in their own homes, never got out, walked from the, their armchair watching the TV to the bathroom, and that's all they could do. Um, so anyway, we did um, we did a program where personal support workers would put them through um Exercises. It was really, um, you know, simple exercises like walking from their chair to the kitchen. Sounds and back excellent. Maybe two or three times. Um, and that actually won, won the home care conference, the annual home care conference for across Canada. So it did work. It worked beautifully. Um, people that hadn't been out of their homes for uh, some of them years were actually ending up walking to the mall. Um, and things like that. So, you know, just because somebody's in hospital, it doesn't mean that they're an alternate level of care. If you're 
at the age of 65, if you're sick and going to hospital, one day in hospital equals three days of recovery when you get home. Right, right. Right. Uh, Bridget, I have to wrap you. I've got to take another break. Thanks for your call. Uh, Before we go to break, let me give the numbers out again. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We've been talking about long-term care. We've been talking about the Queen. We've been talking about that, uh, I say, uh, quite incredible original memo from the York Region School Board telling people not to mark the Queen's passing because it could trigger some people. What do you think of that? 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And we'll take your calls on the other side of the break and be patient. I'll get to them. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer, a free-for-all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this Free For All Friday. And we have been talking about the Queen. We've been talking about the York Region School Board that issued a directive originally not to honor the Queen in their schools, saying that could be triggering. And that triggered a response from the education minister who said, you will observe a moment of silence. You will honor the Queen on the designated day of mourning, which is Monday. Uh, We're also talking about long-term care. We got the details of Bill 7, which allows hospitals and whatever authorities to send so-called alternate level of care patients, patients who are still in hospital waiting for a long-term care home to one that is not of their choosing, to one that is 70 kilometers away or 150 kilometers away in the north, and people who refuse will be charged for hundred dollars a day. I'd say that's pretty well a deterrent. Uh, that makes the decision, I think, a little less than voluntary. Let us talk to Lori in Toronto. Hello, Lori. Hi there. I just wanted to say that I love your show and thanks for bringing all the topics uh, worthy of discussion for to the forefront. Okay, go ahead. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, this is no new, uh, new news. I think uh, we've been hearing uh, in the early 90s and 2000s about this silver tsunami coming. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Okay, the newspapers, the media, everybody was, you know, uh, telling people about this. And then what happens? We're here now. And the people who were in the 90s were, say, early um, seniors, and they're now using the facilities. So what happens? We're in a bottleneck now. And nothing, I don't hear anything about any new long-term cares being opened or provisions being made, even now, till date. 
Well, they're long term care. They are building. They are building. They're promising. They are building. Okay. Yeah, but that's going to take a while. Thank you. Yes, it does take a while, and that's my point. I mean, they 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 should you know um, do this. They should have done this in the nineties, and we would have had it now. But they didn't put all the infrastructure in place at that time, and so now we are at the bottleneck. We're at the halting screech, and now. Guess who pays the price? The seniors. Well, yeah. And I don't think that's fair. Nope, it certainly isn't. Lori, thank you very much for your call. Okay. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Anthony in Scarborough. Hello, Anthony. Oh, hi, Libby. How are you? Fine, thanks. How are you? I'm okay. I love your show, by the way. Thank you. Um, I'm going to take a little different approach to what I've been hearing. It's probably been said, but I really think that we're putting the cart before the horse. The seniors is what I think. Shouldn't um, we shouldn't be looking at putting putting in homes as as they age? Uh, being of European descent, um, we took care of our seniors. Mm-hmm. We never even thought of putting them in senior homes. This was almost a sin, you know. Um, so we're just shuffling them off real quick, not taking the option of you know, well, how can we keep them in their home? Excuse me. And how can the family assist? It seems that the families are, are really at fault in a lot of cases. I know some have no choice, but a lot of a lot of cases you see two cars parked, cell phones, vacations, and then they say they can't take care of their parents. Uh, to me, this is really the 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 base of where all the problems start. There should be a majority of the people going back to the roots to say, "My parents took care of me. It's us to take care of them now." I think a lot of people do say that. I think you're right. We don't have enough home care. The focus, certainly, of this government in alleviating the problem or what they say will do it is building more nursing home beds when really uh, very extensive home care would probably go further and certainly be cheaper. But the fact about people going into nursing homes, you know, we are living a lot longer than previous generations. And the average person going into a nursing home is uh, a lot more frail, is more likely to be suffering with dementia, which requires specialized care, right? uh, and is older. And has more conditions. And that's part of the reason why they can't be taken care of at home. And we've been hearing from a lot of family caregivers, so they are in some kind of facility, but they still need a family caregiver coming there often to make sure that they're getting their care. Well, I to say, um, I agree with what you're saying. There are certain cases that have to, you know, like I said, dementia, Alzheimer's, heart disease. But there's a lot that shouldn't be there, and what I mean, they don't need to be there. And the parent, a lot of the children, you know, adult children right now, I don't see it the same family unit as it used to be. You know, as I say, being from Italian descent, even we've changed a lot, um, putting uh, seniors in, uh, as I say, in senior residence. It was, I, I remember when my grandmother, she lived to 90. Wow. And she had three sons, uh, sorry, four. Uh, four uncles I had, and they took time. They took turns uh, every two months. They would take turns keeping her at their house, and and make arrangements for doctors that bring her there. And my aunts would do the same, and she loved it. She got to 
you know, go around different places, and, and, and it was a fantastic way. And she basically died in, uh, in my uncle's home. Um, I'm not saying everybody can do this, but there's a lot that can be done in the family. But I think that we've uh, gotten used to throwaway society, and seniors are a part of uh, this uh, trend right now. And building more, um, building more uh, seniors is a good thing. But unless they're run correctly, yeah, within when integrating the families. Um, I think we're just going to be, uh, I think we're in, they're in good places. I've seen, I've visited uh, um, seniors, and they treat you real nice in the front, but the horror stories when you go out of that uh, place is, yeah. um, is very bad. So I think the family has to step up more, and the government should look into that. What can we do to keep these people at home? Uh, yeah, you know, I and, think that is, uh, what can we do to keep these people at home? Anthony, thanks for your call. Let us go to Jim in Toronto. Hello, Jim. Hey, Libby. How you doing? Fine. I just wanted to talk about and create a narrative. Um, I don't know how many people listen to the show or think about it, but Doug Ford, I, I, um, I'm really disappointed with his leadership. I mean, I think you got to create a native with this because I don't think this guy's accountable for all the things he's doing, like this bill with kicking people out of hospital. And, and to be honest, uh, people don't talk about it enough. He's ruining Sobaco too. He's just turning into a ghetto with all this construction and things we don't need. And oh boy, there's think, construction, huge construction everywhere. It's impossible to get around. No, but it has to be a limit to things that we need and we don't need. I think there's certain things we don't need. And uh, I honestly, I just think he's a businessman and not really like. You look at Trudeau. You might not not like him or like him, but he's a he's a seasoned politician. And he has value, and he looks at traditions. And I'm not saying I'm a liberal or a conservative. Actually, I used to vote for Stephen Harper. But, you know, I look at the person and their values and and how they conduct themselves. And for Doug Ford and not honoring the Queen on Monday and having a holiday, it's just all about business. It's not about people. It's not a year old. You're, you're useless. Get rid of you. And he's just, he's all about money. That's it. He's like the Canadian version of Trump. Yeah, well, you know what? It, business people don't want uh, a full holiday on Monday. It's just going to cause headaches for I them. We have a day I'm of not, I, I don't want to, all I'm saying is about values. That's what I'm saying. Well, either way, I don't care. I'm trying to make my point about what's value. Okay. I've got gotcha. you. Thanks, Thanks, Jim, for that. Okay, uh, we still do have a few minutes to take more of your calls on this edition of Free For All Friday. Uh, let me give the numbers out again. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Uh, we're having a lot of calls about long-term care and the details on Bill 7, which were just unveiled this week. The details that people can now be sent to nursing homes 70 kilometers away if they're in Toronto, 150 if they are in the north and if they refuse, these are people in hospital waiting for nursing home placement. Uh, if they refused, $400 a day. Uh, it's going to be, uh, <laughs> it's going to be, you know, like the old saying from the Godfather is going to be like, the, the, it's an offer that you can't refuse. Uh, I think that there really is a lot of that to it. Again, the numbers 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And let's go to Bella in Oshawa. 
Bella? Hi, Libby. Hi. Go ahead. Um, I'm just the long-term care. My husband went into the Lake Ridge Oshawa Hospital in January under crisis. He was there, and they tried to force me to bring him back home, and there was just no way I could. And at the end of January, they moved him into the um, new one in Ajax Lake Ridge Gardens, it wasn't officially open, but all of the long-term care in Oshawa moved into that, and they have one floor open for that. He, it is a beautiful, beautiful um, home, like long-term care home. They built that in less than a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Why Ford can't take the money and build more of these rather than threatening these poor people I don't know what I would have done if they would have had to charge me $400 a day. As it was, I was charged the $62 and change when he was still considered in the hospital. Or if they moved him, you know, a long way away is because I still work. I'm 71 and still work. Uh So I wouldn't have been able to go see him. Yeah, I know. That's a big problem. I just think that part of the solution is we need to build more better um whoever designed the company that designed this long-term home did a wonderful job but i think it's cruel of ford to say that he's going to charge people four hundred dollars a day if they refuse mm-hmm. when it doesn't co- you know they're still covered a certain amount under OHIP. so and then, just a minute i just want to ask you a question so when you say lake ridge told you he had to leave it was the hospital that said he had to leave yes they were going to send him home. Oh, okay. Because they said it wasn't a medical condition. It was his, you know, his Alzheimer's. Yeah. yeah. And they kept saying to me, you have to take him home or we're going to charge you with abandonment. And at that point, I said, let's go to court and you charge me with abandonment. Good for you. I said, if you're going to do that, let me know. I'm going to get a hold of Zoomer. I'm going to get a hold of my <laughs> MPP. I'm going to get a hold of you know, whoever, because I said, that's just cruel to tell me that you're going to charge me with abandonment when I can no longer do it. And home care, as good as it is, there were times they never showed up. Well, yeah, knew that they weren't there. It was awful. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's a whole other story. Uh, Bella, thanks very much for sharing your story. And I'm glad to hear that there's a great place in your area. Thank you. Yes. Bye bye. Thank you. Okay. Let's go to Liz in Port Colburn. Hello, Liz. Hi, how are you? Fine. Go ahead. You're on the air. Yes. Um, this business of... Hello? Yes. Go ahead. The, the um, business about the death of the queen, I think it's a reality, and I think we're protecting our kids and people way too much. Uh-huh. That's my comment. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, we have time for one more. Jean in Barry. Yes, hello. Hello, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yes, as far as the Queen, yes, she's been there for us for 70 years. She's given a stable stable type of government, that type of thing. But I'm also calling about the seniors. Go ahead. I agree completely with the Italian, the fellow who came from Italian background. Um, I I was raised in in Ontario, but my uh, French side they were in near Shawinigan in Quebec, and my 
uh, aunt was 98, living at home. And back there, a lot of their um, uh, triplexes, basically. So, you know, with a staircase outside there. Mm-hmm. And she was on like a duplexy. Our, our home was maybe 200 years old, I think. And she lived upstairs. Wow. She was 98 when she passed at home. At home. And, well, she called and, and, and 911. They took her to the hospital where she died, right? But she was 98. And she took care of, she had her brother. It was family back then. You had family looking after family. My grandmother was in her 90s. Never do you think you, you pass them on to someone else to take care of them because they can't do. She had her, 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 her sons and her daughters. They would come. They were at home. There would be somebody there at night t- taking care of her, making sure she needs to go to the bathroom, help her go to the bathroom. In other words, doing themselves, you know, the critical Jean, care. Family. I, thank you very much for your call. We're out of time. No, Thanks for okay. your call. I thank you very much. See Bye-bye. you later. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, that's all the time we have for Fight Back for today and for this week. I'll be back here on Monday, and as I said, uh, later on Monday afternoon, we'll have a special wrap-up of the Queen's funeral on our sister station, Vision TV. Also, on Sunday on Zoomer Weekend Review, uh, my chat with former Prime Minister Jean Chrétien about his memories of the Queen. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.